This podcast is brought to you by Erickson Immigration Group. Megan Esahi, it's a pleasure to have you on once again. Thanks, Ian. I'm happy to be here. Thank you. Thank you. Two years ago, you were on. That was our first meeting. So we thought it was definitely opportune moment with everything that's been happening over the past year or so to, to get an update. For those who um, are not aware, could you tell us a little bit about AJC, you know, your role there and what you guys do? Sure. I'm the Director of Immigration Advocacy at Asian Americans Advancing Justice, AAJC, and uh, we're a national civil rights organization. Our mission is to advance the civil and human rights for Asian Americans and to build and promote a fair and equitable society for all. So we're part of a national affiliation called Asian Americans Advancing Justice. And so we have affiliates in Los Angeles, San Francisco, Atlanta, and Chicago, in addition to our organization, which is DC-based. You're always working on new projects um, and advocacy. So um, can you tell us anything that you're working on currently at AJC? Yeah, so we, um, well, actually, Asian Americans Advancing Justice, our affiliation, co-convenes the Value Our Families campaign to protect and promote the family-based immigration system and immigration policy informed by love, empathy, and justice. And we formed that campaign in 2017 in response to the former president's attacks on family-based immigration. So I'm sure last time I was here, I was talking to you about that. We were in more of a defensive posture, um, but I'm happy to announce that we um, have supported for a long time Congresswoman Judy Chu's Reuniting Families Act, and that was actually included in President Biden's immigration bill called the U.S. Citizenship Act, which was introduced by Senator Menendez and Congresswoman Sanchez in the House. And so um, that was a big win for our campaign, the Valley of Our Families campaign, as well as for our Asian American community and advocates, um, because family-based immigration, immigration generally is very important to Asian American community. Um, Asian Americans are 92% of Asian Americans are immigrants or the children of immigrants. And so uh, many have come through family-based immigration as well as through refugee programs and employment-based immigration. President Biden has embraced a vision of immigration reform, which continues our country's tradition of centering family reunification as a, a primary pathway to immigration. So since 1965, the Immigration and Nationality Act was passed as both an immigration law and a civil rights act, and it centered families grounded in the understanding that families would help new immigrants settle, find jobs, learn English, and become citizens. And in turn, new immigrants would support their American families and caring for the young, the elderly, the disabled, and pulling resources to buy homes and start businesses. So I think we're all, during this pan pandemic, reminded, have been reminded just how important family is, and including those extended relationships, right? And thinking about grandparents and uh, aunts and uncles and, and cousins as we, many of us have been not able to visit our family members due to COVID. Sure. Well, I mean, we, we can definitely get more into it, but I was just curious from your perspective, since you and your team have been working on this uh, for 
quite some time with this new administration. Uh, from your end, uh, have you seen a shift in sentiment and more cooperation? Oh, absolutely. So there's a certainly a shift, a very important shift in rhetoric and in tone um, in terms of valuing immigrants and embracing immigrants and refugees as, as part of our community. And we did see day one uh, executive actions and um, the announcement of this bill, which I should, it's important to say, also legalizes 11 million undocumented immigrants, which we're in strong wow. support of. Um, and wow. so, you know, that came out on literally the day the president was inaugurated, um, as well as um, a temporary pause on deportations, which has not been fully realized, but, you know, there is an effort, we're seeing an effort to take a look at all of the policies at the Department of Homeland Security in terms of enforcement and immigration services and um, frankly make them more humane, reinstate our asylum system and those things. So we have a lot of work to do in you know, getting the administration to make the kind of changes we wanna see, but we're certainly inspired that you know they're pro-immigrant and that there are people working in the administration who implementing in the immigration system in a humane and fair way right right uh with that bill being put in place that is a, a great first step and as you're saying that there's much more work to be done what do you see as maybe the the next step or the next bills uh to be put on the table uh, that you guys are looking at right now yeah, so I mean, we're not done. The U.S. Citizenship Act has not been passed, right? It's just been mm -hmm. introduced. Hasn't so. been finalized, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, but it's just been introduced. But it's you know, it's shown where uh, the president stands on immigration, and then um, we don't know that it can get passed as it is in full in the House. I mean, in the Senate, hopefully, mm -hmm. it can in the House. Um, you know, with the filibuster, and so we may be looking at getting the bill done in pieces. Last week, the House passed the American Dream and Promise Act and the Farm Worker Modernization Act. And so the Dream and Promise Act would legalize 4.4 million people, includes dreamers, undocumented youth, people with DACA, um, people with te temporary protected status. And then the other bill would legalize farm workers, which is another 1.2 million people. So, you know, we want to legalize as many people as we can if we can get to the 11 million, but if we can only get part of the population done this year, then we'll just keep fighting for the rest of the population. And then um, the kind of family, the fixes we need to our family-based immigration system that I was talking about, the Reuniting Families Act, we're looking at doing that in pieces as well, maybe through the government funding process, they might be able to clear some of the backlogs for people who are waiting in line. Um, and then, as you mentioned, at the administrative level, there are probably thousands of immigration policies, bad, harmful immigration policies the Trump administration put into right. place that we need to see undone. So we saw the administration is undoing the public charge rule, which was a harmful rule. I believe I talked about it last time I was here. Um, it yeah, was really like did, a wealth test to try to keep <laughs> right. poor immigrants mm -hmm. from getting green cards. Yeah, so mm -hmm. that's, we're already seeing that being undone. Yay. <laughs> and um, some, you know, uh, they were trying to hike up the citizenship fees for people seeking to naturalize and that's being undone. 
And so um, it's really a process um, that we're going to try to both push on the on, in Congress and in the administration. Because some things the administration yeah. can't do, right? And only Congress can do, like giving out green cards to undocumented people. Right. So um, with you know, reuniting families, uh, for you guys, that's definitely a, a priority. Now, for those who are not a part of AJC, but they they care about these issues. Maybe they are a immigration attorney or they work for another organization. Uh, what avenues can they take to help further this initiative along? Great. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, so the Value Our Families campaign, we have our own website. It's um, valueourfamilies.org. People can go to it and sign up right there. Individuals can sign up. It is a multi-ethnic coalition um, not, you know, it's not just an Asian American uh, space and the faith community is engaged, church world service uh, co-convenes with us and we welcome anybody to join and we do things like um, we have a week of action next week actually where we're scheduling um, meetings with congressional offices with constituents so that's, you know, a way people can easily engage at least once or twice a year we try to train them on how to talk to their members of Congress their staff of the members of Congress's office on our issues. And then is that we, like an um, online event that people can sign up for? Yeah. So we used to call them fly-ins, right? We used to fly people into DC, um, right. which is fun too. <laughs> but now we cut. do it virtually, which is, which is right. easier, right? It's mm -hmm. cheaper and because you don't have to fly people in, but also uh, for people who are, have full-time jobs or, you know, family uh, folks they have to take care of. Only takes you know a couple hours of your time instead of you know a couple days. So we just do everything on Zoom, and, and we schedule the meetings here with the policymakers in DC. Got it. Okay, we'll definitely look out for that. Um, and I, is there any other um, AJC either events, projects, or bills that's coming down the pike that you guys are really looking at tackling? Yeah, so another really big priority for us is um, the number of Southeast Asians who are getting deported. Um, so we're supporting leaders in the Southeast Asian community to end these deportations. There's around 15,000 Southeast Asian refugees with final orders of deportation. Hmm. They're community members who came to the U.S. fleeing war and persecution. Many came as children or babies. And then they were subjected to the same um, systematic marginalization as many other communities of color in the US, um, often referred to as the school to prison pipeline. So there are folks who are resettled in impoverished neighborhoods with failing schools, racial profiling, and over-policing. And um, so some of them got in trouble with the law and got criminal convictions. And then after they're serving their time, um, and in many cases, rehabilitating themselves, these folks are put into deportation proceedings due to harsh laws that were passed in 1996. So we're looking at various avenues for relief for that population, but one important one is the New Way Forward Act, which is a bill that Congressman, Congressman Chuy Garcia from Illinois has filed, and it really seeks to disentangle the criminal legal system from the immigration system. So, um, many of these harsh penalties because some criminal convictions 
are rather minor, such as you know, drug conviction, minor drug convictions can get somebody who has a green card put into deportation proceedings and there's very little relief. Even for folks, some convictions are more, what we consider more harsh convictions, but people still have um, human stories, right? And many of them, sometimes these convictions are old, they made mistakes when they were young, and now they're upstanding members of their community, working, supporting family members. And that doesn't matter in our immigration system, that the immigration judge in many cases has no discretion to look at that whole person and you know, what's going right for them or, they, or extenuating circumstances of why they were involved in, in, in criminal activity in the first place. Um, because the, the system is so harsh. So the New Way Forward Act would repeal a lot of that. And it would also create more due process and opportunity for people to show that both sides of the story. Um, and then it would also reform our, de our detention system because the immigrant detention system is a whole other set of problems. So anyway, so folks yeah. can get involved in supporting New Way Forward Act. Um, and we're part of a coalition that works on that. But if you Google, I think if you Google New Way Forward Act, you probably right. find information. And the Immigrant Legal Resource Center is one of the groups that kind of leads that effort. Okay. Yes, I'm sure many will least go out and, and look for these resources uh, because it's so much help in so many different areas, especially in immigration. In the last four years, so much has come our way that we need different people to prioritize different areas in the space. Exactly. Um, switching gears, I mean, with uh, the recent news right, uh, with uh, Asian Americans, and I was reading a stat uh, they said over 3,000, there have been over 3,000 racially motivated incidents against Asian Americans in 2020 alone, right? Um, involved with harassment and discrimination. And of course, last week uh, with the events in Atlanta. So um, I'm, I'm not sure if you guys um, have a stance on or, or addressing Stop Asian Hate campaign, but I was just uh, curious about your, your thoughts there. Yeah, thank you, Ian. We are all um, still mourning the deaths of the six Asian American women and um, the two other people who were killed last week in Atlanta. So we, we do actually, one of our affiliates, Asian Americans Advancing Justice uh, Atlanta is on the ground and doing a lot mm -hmm. of work to support these particular victims and their families. But as you noted, it's very sadly not an isolated incident. We've heard accounts of other physical violence, including the stabbing of a father and his two young children in Texas by a person who thought that um, that Asian American family had brought COVID-19 to the US. Uh, a woman was attacked in acid, acid in New York City and another elderly woman in New York City was set on fire. And so those are kind of some of the most heinous incidences, but we're hearing more troubling attacks of Asian seniors in California and New York. And then, as you mentioned, um, many, many, many incidents of just sort of verbal harassment or racist language on the street. Um, Asian Americans in this did start 
in early 2020 related to COVID. Um, right. So, you know, the Asian American communities have long struggled for visibility and equity. And then on top of that, like all of us are facing the physical and mental health harms arising out of the COVID pandemic. In our mind, the latest wave of hate comes after years of attacks on immigrant communities by the Trump administration and the spreading of misinformation on social media and far right, far right quote unquote media outlets. The former president and other prominent elected officials routinely use the terms like Chinese virus, Wuhan virus, Kung flu, China plague. Um, we, I mean, there's a very strong correlation with that, that language and this rise of um, anti-Asian racism. So, um, you know, well, anti-Asian racism and xenophobia is part of the deep structural racism that's long impacted communities of color. And it's certainly not new. We have a long history, the time of the Yellow Peril and the Chinese Exclusion Act in 1882. And, the, and of course, the incarceration of over 120,000 Japanese Americans during World War II and the scape, scapegoating and violence directed at Arab, Middle Eastern, Muslim, and South Asian communities after 9 11. So, we do, you know, my organization has, has been working on this. Actually, we started a standagainsthatred.org website hmm. after the 2016 elections when we first started seeing hate incidents, which I think then were not just targeted at the Asian American community as, as they are now. Um, and so, you know, one thing people can do is encourage others when they have these incidents to report them on our website, standagainsthatred.org. You know, we've been speaking out for the last year on this issue and trying to work in Congress and with the administration on solutions. I think in this moment, we're getting a lot of questions, like people want to know what they can do. And so we're in the immediate term, we're lifting up the asks of our partners in Atlanta, Asian Americans Advancing Justice Atlanta. You can go on their social media and they have a solidarity statement that people can sign on to in support of community-centered response um, to this violence. They have links to donate to the victims and their families. And they're also calling for volunteer, particular volunteer resources related to mental health or immigration legal services. Um, one thing my organization is offering is, um, which we've been offering for about a year, is these um, trainings with an organization called Hollaback and their bystander intervention trainings. So, um, and not just particular to the Asian American community, just if you're um, a witness to somebody on the street, on the subway, in the bus who is right. harassing another person, usually race-based harassment, like how do you help to you know, intervene or uh, protect that person, or, you know, afterwards as well. So you can go to our website, advancingjustice-aajc.org/events, and sign up for one of these free trainings. One other thing is just for folks to educate themselves about the history of white supremacy and racism towards Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders. And um, PBS made a great documentary series last year called Asian Americans, and in light of Last week's events, they've, they're offering it now for free on their website. Um, wow. So I encourage folks to watch that. Okay. And then finally- What's that called? Get you... involved with local. That what? is um, just called Asian Americans. So if you oh, Google okay. PBS, mm -hmm. Asian Americans, it'll take you right to their to their site. And it's like, I think a five part series, so. 
Right. Now, Megan, if uh, people are interested to learn further or to gain additional resources, uh, where should they be directed to? Well, you can just go to our website, advancing-justice-aajc.org. You can sign up for our emails, but you can also um, reach out to particular staff if you're interested more in the immigration side and being helpful, or if you're interested in the anti-hate work, we have all our staff on the website. And um, also we have a, a community engagement team and they could help folks connect with local Asian American organizations in their state or city, if that's of interest to them. All right, well, that sounds good. Megan, it's always a pleasure having you on. You are absolutely at the front lines. We need you and we appreciate you and we appreciate the work that you and AAJC does. Great. Thank you so much for having me, Ian. Thank you to lead researcher Con Branch, assistant producers Luke Bianco and David White, and music by Brandon Williams. Follow Immigration Nerds on Twitter at IMMNerds and Erickson Immigration Group on LinkedIn to join in the conversation. I'm Ian Gaines. See you next week.